write things down. Go with me to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. We're going to continue today with a, a series we've been in for a little while now and uh, get into some real important things. I want to encourage everyone as you listen and as you participate in the rest of this service uh, to, to recognize that this is of a time of great value, the time we have together here. I don't want anyone to, to treat it lightly as if the thing that you need, the, the question you have, maybe a problem that you might be facing in life cannot be answered right here, right now. All right. Some individuals have thought, well, whenever I have, a, have something I'm really, you know, going through, needing an answer, needing direction in, I need to talk to someone one-on-one. -on -one. I need that, that personal answer. And, uh, you know, that's a, there can, great things can come in that context. But I tell you, what I've seen over the years, and I know how God works through my life, is this setting and this context will produce amazing results and answers if we will look to the Lord in it, all right? And not think, well, my life, my situation, I need to talk about it for an hour and then get an answer. Listen, you look to the Lord right here, right now, and you'll get an answer. You'll get direction. You, you'll find things will change in your life just by sitting here. I, I can tell you concerning my own life and, and how God uses me, I'm at my best in this context. I'm better here in this with the anointing and the presence and the gift of God functioning than I am in the hall. And I, and I love the hall. It's a great place. You, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not opposed to all kinds of conversations and, and connections and relationships and love to do it. Uh, just really great. But I know this. If individuals will put their expectation on the Lord right now, to receive from him, amazing things will happen. No one even will even know it's you. <laughs> and, and answers will come, victories will be won, things will change. And so we always want to look to the Lord. This is no small thing that we are gathered together today. We are not here for religious purposes. We are not here to fulfill some obligation and duty. We are here to hear from heaven. We are here to minister and pray for one another. We're here to, to be involved in kingdom activity, and it is a big deal. Praise God. All right, let's go. Matthew 21, verse 13, and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Jesus speaking during his earthly ministry, which was really under the old covenant, He's speaking of the temple, which they had made a den of thieves. He said, this place is supposed to be about prayer, you guys. When we translate that into the new covenant, after Jesus was raised from the dead, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in each and every ind individual believer. Now, if you're saved, you are a house of prayer. You are. That's, the, that's just who you are. And, and as we gather together, corporately, we are a house of prayer. And so if there's not a whole lot of prayer going on, this contact and communication with God, things being going one direction and coming back the other way, then we are missing something very, very vital to our life, all right? I mean, most people would recognize that if they didn't eat, it'd only be a matter of time until they croak. If you don't eat and, and drink, if you don't sleep, if you don't breathe, how many know you're, you're 
Time is short. <laughs> you must continue. But what some Christians haven't realized is that if they don't pray, life is not going to go the right way. And they think, well, I have to eat, and I have to breathe, and then if I get time, I'm going to pray. Wrong. See, we need a switch, a switcheroo in our thinking that says, no, I have to spend time with God, and then if I get time, I'm going to breathe. Amen. If we start to see things a little different, you, you'll, you'll find out that as a house of prayer, prayer is necessary. It is a prerequisite for the Christian life. And an absence of having it and having it well and having a substantial part of your life be that, uh, again, life just won't be what it was designed to be by God in the first place. Hallelujah. We're supposed to be in connection with Him. Now, there is a need for both a life of prayer, that means continual, continual and ongoing substantial life of prayer, and an understanding of the rules that govern it. All right, you know prayer has rules. You know there are principles that cause prayer to be effective and cause it to work. And if you don't know those rules, you might be, you know, unintentionally breaking them, doing something that totally undermines your end goal, which is to have God work, have God move, have God provide, have Him fix, have Him do things in your life and the lives of those around you. But if a person does not abide in the words of Jesus, they are very likely to pray something that is contrary to the word. Effective prayer is prayer that is word-based, mean word of God, okay? If I don't have the word abiding in me, I'm probably going to pray wrong. Now, I know some might even think about that and they say, well, what do you mean pray wrong? How can you pray wrong? As long as you're praying, that's all that matters. Well, what verse is that? You know, I mean, I, I get the, the sentiment that, hey, if people are not even attempting to talk to God, that attempting to have a conversation with Him would certainly be a positive step. I, I, I totally agree. I believe that. However, just to think, well, as long as you pray, no rules, no guidelines, no principles, nothing else matters. See, that's what human beings try to do with everything. We just try to say, as long as, you're, as long as you go to church, it doesn't really matter how you go to church. I don't think that's true. I've seen people come and they get their socks blessed off and they receive much from God and their life has changed and others fall asleep. Of course, not in this church, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm just saying you can approach things wrong. So as long as you love, it doesn't matter how you love. Well, I can't go along with that. I'm going to have to say let God be true and let every man be a liar. See, there's got to come a place where we value the words of God and we say what he says matters more than what I think. What he says is right. huh? And then we, we adjust and don't make him adjust. We adjust to him. He doesn't adjust to us. You know, when we talk about giving, what we, we, we taught on that not too long ago. And someone said, well, as long as you give, it doesn't matter how you give or what you give. No, actually, you can give an offering to the Lord and it's unacceptable to Him. Remember, we, we studied that and, and saw that in the Scripture. And so, I don't want to just do certain things. I want to find God's way of thinking. 
how does he think about life? How does he think about my activity? How does he think about prayer? What does he say is the right way to approach this stuff? Now, I think there are a lot of optional, flexible parts of this. I think posture might be one of them. You know, we could look at Scripture. We could go through. I could show you how it's correct to kneel when you pray. We could show you how it's correct to lift your hands to the Lord and pray. We could talk about standing, sitting, walking, running, laying. I mean, there's a lot of different physical positions. Say, which one's right? How do I pray? I don't see that as a prerequisite to an effective prayer. I've prayed on my knees, and it worked. I've prayed standing and walking around, and it worked. (laughs) What's in your heart? I've found times where I go to talk to the Lord, and it seems like, Man, it just seems good to kneel right now. It just seems good like I humble myself before you, Father. I acknowledge your Lordship, Jesus, in my life. And it just seems right. And there's times where I'm sitting down and I'm just antsy. And it's like, I'm not even connecting. I need to move. <laughs> and I'm, what am I doing? I'm just dealing with my physical body because that's not the issue. The spiritual connection is the issue. Everybody with me today? And then right at the same time, uh, you know, tone of voice, volume, I think that's flexible. I don't think because one person is loud, another person has to say, oh, so that's how you get through, huh? It's a loud prayer. No, I think you can be quiet. I think you can be loud. I think you can, you can flow from whatever, whatever is happening on the inside in your heart. I don't think using the exact verbiage is the issue where you say the exact phrases exactly right. No, it is a matter of the heart. But I want to understand what does, see, even that stuff, it might sound simple, but if you don't know it and you think, man, I was kneeling, I should have been standing. No wonder it's not working. See, that's a hindrance to your faith. Well, I was lifting my hand, but maybe it wasn't high enough. See, if you think that, then that hinders your faith. But we want to understand God's ways. What is, in what ways is there flexibility? And are there absolutes? And I'm telling you, there are. Are there absolutes that say, you must do this, and then it will work? And if we don't know those, well, we could, again, inadvertently do things the wrong way. Now, many people have not taken the time uh, to learn how to pray effectively. And if we really just look at life and look at the world in general, how many know there are a lot of people, quote, praying or doing something that looks like prayer, and it's not producing anything? Lives are not being changed as a result. If, that's, if I even acknowledge that that's a possibility, I want to stay out of that camp. Uh, there are most certainly individuals, many in here, that you figured this thing out. You know how to make contact with God. You know how to make a request and see Him move on your behalf. And there are people like that. They have taken the time. They've developed their relationship. They've, they've ab- abode in Jesus' words. And because of that, there's something working in them that when they ask, it really is just different than someone who hasn't progressed to that place. And things change. And so that's where we all want to be. Like I said, we're not trying to get anyone to pray from a religious standpoint. You have to do it. Do your duty. No, this is a relationship. This is a privilege. It's an opportunity. It is the very air we breathe. It's how we survive. It's God's power flowing in us and through us constantly. But if we don't have it, something is totally wrong. All right.
Now, if you would, look with me at 1 John chapter 5. This is a verse we uh, covered once previously in this series. Uh, back of the book, you get to Revelation, back up. But you're close. I would, I would say this, uh, just in, in, in regards to the flexibility part and the absolute part, if it didn't really matter how we pray, why would we be given so much instruction in Scripture? If, if it was just, well, hey, whatever you, doesn't matter what you say, how you say it, just voice your request, and that's all there is. Why would we be given so much teaching? And you'll, you'll see that Jesus said a lot about it. The apostles said a lot about it, which reveals to me there's a right and a wrong way. Okay? Uh, the other side to that is this. I don't necessarily have an answer for every scenario someone could bring to me. And I don't feel obligated to have an answer. Meaning this. Uh, sometimes people get tripped up in their own believing because they know someone who they prayed and it didn't work. This situation worked and this situation didn't work and they got it and they didn't get it and, uh, and I tried and then I got it this time and I didn't get it this time. If I, if I use that as my baseline for my approach to God, I am going to be all over the map in my confusion. My belief, unbelief, my doubt, I'm all over the map. I, I don't know everything about everyone's situation because I'm not God. You, will not, you are not always going to know why everything worked or didn't work in someone else's life. It might be between them and God. The Lord might not want to tell you about it. But if I use their success or lack thereof as the foundation for my prayer life, I'm, again, I'm going to be confused. But I don't need to have an answer for everyone. You know what I mean by that? We, we try to help people as much as we can. I don't have to have an answer for every situation. I need to figure it out for me. My prayer life, how do I get answers? How do I get connection? How do I make things work in my life? And that's all I want to figure out right now, okay? And if that works, then we extend from there to reach out and minister to others and help them work it out in their own life. But I'm telling you, if you've never had a prayer answered, there's something wrong with that. If you haven't had one answered in a while, there's something really wrong with that. That got kind of quiet there. Uh, I don't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way God intended it. That's not the way he designed it. That we'd be calling out, help, help, help. Okay, that's not what Jesus taught. So if that's, is it a case with anyone, let's get this thing worked out. And you figure it out. And you seek the Lord and listen to what he's saying to you here and now. And you'll, you'll see a change. Okay, now, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14 reads this way. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, everybody say that, according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. I want to talk to you a little bit about the will of God in prayer. The will of God in prayer. Very important. Is that, is, you think that's important? The will of God in prayer. If you're a saved person, if you have a relationship with God, you are mindful of His will. You seek to do His will for your life. 
all right? And so that matters to all believers. But I want you to consider this. There is God's will for, number one, the thing we are asking, the thing we are asking, and that means the item, the answer, the thing we're asking, and then there is the will of God for the way in which we ask. So it's not just, will you give me one of these, but the will of God is in my relationship, is in how I ask for one of these. Everybody get that? There's one of these, but there's how I talk to him about this. And the will of God in prayer is not all about one of these. I think it's more so about how I ask him about one of these. Now let me, let me back up and just qualify the first. First of all, one of these. <laughs> um, whenever we talk to the Lord, if we have a foundation of Scripture that promises us what we're asking, we're in a real good place. And I tell you what, you can find scriptures and promises concerning most of your life. They're already just written in plain wording. And the Lord has already promised you what you want and what you're seeking. If you know that, you're in a strong position of faith. If you don't know that, you're still in wondering land. Oh, is this what the Lord wants? But if you will, again, abide in the words of Jesus, what happens? You find out, oh, this is totally what God does. He does this all the time. In fact, he promises. He said in his word he would do that. And so you lead with that in your prayer life. Father, you said it in your word. You said it in book of da-da-da-da-da-da, chapter da, and verse da-da-da-da-da, that you would do da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so I take you at your word and I ask you to do it. In Jesus' name. And isn't that easy? I mean, you're, you're, you are guaranteed a yes if it is found in the redemptive promises of God. Jesus already paid for it. He already made it available to you. And all we have to do is know about it. When you know it, you have confidence. This is absolutely the will of God. There is zero chance of a no. Zero chance of God saying, no, I'm not going to do that for you. Why? It was his idea to begin with. He already promised it before you and I ever showed up. Hallelujah. And so, we see that that guarantees a yes. Sometimes what individuals have trouble with in this thing um, is they say, well, what about, I don't have a verse for ABC. I don't have a verse, I don't know where to find a verse uh, for, my, for a new house. I don't know if I can find a Bible verse that promises me a new car. You ever struggled with that one? I don't either. <laughs> I mean, there's not necessarily a verse for a new iPhone. And you know it's the will of God. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, I could go off on that. <laughs> but if I don't have a verse for a particular thing... Then where do I go? Here's where I go. I believe the will of God is not always just tied to the thing. It is tied to the request. How I request. The options of what I request are almost endless. 
Here's the thing. If I'm abiding in him and his words are abiding in me, I'm not asking for crazy things. Lord, put me on the moon. Lord, I just want to be on the moon. Well, you don't have a basis for a crazy question like that. Lord, Lord, give me the lottery numbers. I'm just praying that I'll win the lottery. (laughs) Pastor, you're stepping on my toes now. Listen, here, here's the deal. We don't want to go into areas where we're asking for something we have no confidence in. If you really have, you believe that God wants you to win the lottery, well, you don't have a verse on that. He would have to tell you directly. And the absence of a verse and a divine revelation means you have no faith for it. Everybody with me? When you abide in his word, you abide in him the, the, the requests that come from your heart are somewhat normal. Now, powerful, the more you walk with him, big, absolutely. Requiring God's intervention, totally. But they're not just out there, Lord, make her love me, you know. And uh, we're manipulating other people's will and we're asking for all. No, it, it, it has to do with our lives, okay. But then the the focus goes to, I need to know the will of God in how I ask. For for example, how do you pray for a lost person? Well, I imagine a few of us in here have friends, family that are not going to heaven yet. They're not on their way. They're not saved yet. Maybe with you in church today. How do you pray for them? That's a good question. You should have the answer to that. How do you pray for a, a brother or a sister that's fallen away? They're gone back into the world. They've gone. To, how would you pray for, for them? Amen. How would you pray for someone else's healing? Someone you knew, you loved, you cared for, and you, you were, they were not getting well. How would you pray for them? See, there is a way. There's a way to approach various things. If we don't abide in His Word then we're not able to approach it according to his will. Everybody with me? Now, uh, when it comes to prayer, I, w- I want to give you a, a, a few verses to stir you up. Okay, let's get the big picture and see how God uh, responds to us. I won't have you turn to these. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus said this, Ask, and it will be given to you. How many know you can't say that any stronger than it will? How, what other words could God use there? Ask and it will. There's no maybes in there. There's no might. It's just absolute. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree, so this is two people praying, two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So, well, we agree. We had two people. We prayed and we asked and it didn't happen. Then Jesus is a liar, but we'll keep you true. Was that harsh or something? I'm saying there has got to be an absolute thought process in our minds that says, he said it, period. No if, and, or but about it. I cannot go into this with a maybe. Matthew 21, 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, 
believing, you will receive. So he added a, a, a qualifier there. Give us a little more information. Whatever you ask in prayer, what? Believing. What will happen? You will receive. John 14, 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then John 15, 7, which we've been referencing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I want you to get this, that a lot of the prayers that we ask, the Lord is teaching us here that he wants to give us what we want. Is the will of God important in prayer? Totally. But here's the deal. What, does, what is the will of God in prayer? That you get what you want. Isn't it? The will of God is that you get what you want. God's will is to fulfill your desire. Now again, if a person's not abiding in him and abiding in, in, the, in the word, then they're apart from God. They're not, they might be asking all kinds of crazy, weird, funky stuff. But listen, if you're apart from God, that's what needs repaired. Not whatever it is you're praying about. You may think it is, Lord, I just need this, this, and this. What you need is to be in union with the Lord. What you need to do is walk with Him every day. Out of that place comes fruitful prayer. Out of that relationship comes you ask and God responds to you. You make requests and there He is. Hallelujah. Now let's talk about this believing thing. Oh, man, I wish we had all afternoon. Let's talk about this believing thing. I want to, uh, this is one of the things that Jesus mentions. He said, if you ask believing, you're going to get it. So let's talk about that for a moment. I, I want to give you three things. In fact, turn to Mark chapter 9, if you would. Mark chapter 9, and then also Mark 11. And we're going to look at those two. Uh, but three things we should focus on in our believing. Uh, a, a relative of mine years ago, he was telling, telling me about his a problem, a person in his family that was struggling with their health, and I was trying to say some things that I thought would be helpful. Apparently, they weren't, and, uh, and it turned into a little bit of a di argument, <laughs> discussion, I think, a little bit, and, and, and he basically was saying to me, well, you're just saying that, that this person doesn't have any faith, and I said, actually, no, I'm not saying that. You just said I said that, but just because you said I said that doesn't mean I actually said that. <laughs> I said, but, here, but here's that. I said, that's the wrong question. Because I'm not saying you have faith, you don't have faith, you have faith, you don't have faith. I, 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 I like to look at things more specific. I, I said, what does this person, what does she believe? What does she believe? Because you, you, it's very possible to have faith in problems. It's very ha possible to have faith in the problem and not the solution. And if what you're told all day long is God is doing this for a reason, God has put this on you, God is saying no to you, God is delaying you, if you're, if you're being told all that, where, where is your faith going to be? It's not going to be that he's there to answer and respond to you. It's going to be that he's somehow afflicting you. Your faith is working. It's like a magnet holding all the problems on your life. And so when I ask the question about belief, I want to say, well, what do you believe? What specifically should your faith be in? 
And so here's three. Real important, real simple. Number one, believe this, that God can. Number one, believe that God can. And this works really well when you know who you're praying to. If you have a revelation that he is almighty God, that he is strong and he is the creator and he loves you and he desires to do good things in your life. Come on now, when you know who you're talking to, your faith is going up through the roof already. We're not talking to someone who, who, who's incapable, who has no wisdom, who has no ability. We're talking about God almighty here. Stir yourself up, believe that. God can. Mark chapter 9, verse, 20, verse 22. Uh, let me give you a preface real quick. Um, guy's son had a spirit. He, he called it a mute spirit. But his son would have seizures. And he would be, he'd fall down and, you know, have this seizure, foam at the mouth. And, and, and the Bible said that this spirit would throw him at times into the water and into the fire. All right. We would look at that and say, man, that boy's suicidal. But what we see from the scripture is it was the spirit that was doing it to him. It was the spirit that was throwing this kid around and messing his life up. The disciples were having trouble getting the thing out. Jesus came and dealt with the situation. Verse 22, and he often, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That's this man talking to Jesus, saying, Jesus, if you can do something. But Jesus turned it right back around on him, verse 23, and said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And the moment you feel like you're out of control, and God, if you can do something, help. No, if you can believe, then all things become possible to you. And so what I want to work on is not God's side. I want to work on my side. He's unchangeable. He loves me. He is all-powerful. But I need to work on my believer. And if I can get my believer pointing in the right direction, here's one of the best ways to stir this up is to focus on God and his almighty power. I love this verse in Jeremiah 32. It reads in verse 17. Ah, Lord God. Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. I mean, what if, what if you were to consider those words all day, every day, for week after week after week, and you meditate, you spoke, you considered, you thanked God for, you read that and pondered that again and again got your, your rifle loaded, and then you made request, would that request come from a different position? Would it come from a different heart? Would there be a different confidence level? Well, what do we do sometimes? We skip right over the faith food, and we jump right to the request. And if you're ready, good. You, I mean, you can live in that ready state. Don't get me wrong. But I tell you, a lot of people who haven't had success... I would encourage you, take some time, meditate on God and his almighty power. There is nothing too difficult for him. I don't think we comprehend nothing too difficult. Amen. Show us, Lord, your great power, your outstretched arm. Reveal to us this all things possible sort of person that you are. Stay on that for a while. 
Amen, amen. So believe, number one, you've got to believe that God can do it. Well, this situation's too big. No, it's not. Not for him. Well, I don't know anyone who's recovered from this. You, you don't know everybody. <laughs> and certainly don't know God like he can know him. Okay, ready for number two? So I, I need to believe that God can. Number two, believe that God will. See, I already know where, the, where this is going. This is so simple. I need to not only believe that he can do it, many people stop right there. Oh, I know God could if he wanted to. Apparently he doesn't want to. If he doesn't want to, what's the deal with asking us to pray? He told us to pray and gave us the rules, gave us the instructions to this end because he wanted us to ask and receive. I tell you, we need to believe that God will. He, he wants to. It's his desire to do these things. And, of course, we know we go back to this. God's word is God's will. I don't know the will of God. Read, read away, baby. Read because this is the will of God. When you got his word on it, you've got his will on it. He didn't say one thing and mean something else. He is not running for office. Thank you, Lord. Right? He is the eternal God. He knew it ahead of time. He said it. And that's his will revealed to us. Amen, amen. And then number three, I want you, and then this is Mark chapter 11. Number three. This is a, a point that many people miss. They believe God can. They believe he wants to. It's his will. But there's a third point to believe here. You ready for it? Number three, believe that you receive. That you what? Receive. This is exactly what Jesus said. This is one of the clearest verses, in my opinion, in the whole Bible that tells us how to pray the prayer of faith and receive from the Lord this way. Verse 24, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, now, now look at this. Is, is believe that you receive different from believe that God will do it at some point? Totally different. Totally different. But yet, how many people approach prayer like that? And they say, well, I need to pray in faith. So I believe they pray. And they get up from their prayer. I believe God's going to do it. That is not what Jesus said to believe. Everybody with me? I believe that God's going to do it. Now, there are no doubt some things that are in our life and in the Scripture and in, in the future plan of God. There are things that are most certainly in the future. And there are, there are times when that statement is absolutely correct to say, I believe God is going to do this. I believe this is going to happen. But when it comes to praying this type of prayer, we have got to bring the future back into the now. It has got to be in the present tense or it will never happen. All right? When is a person supposed to believe that they receive? Believe that they got it. When? When they pray. When they pray. Not I'm going to pray now and then I'm going to believe it's going to. No, when I pray, I must believe that at that moment, I got it. Not I'm going to pray 
And then when I see it, I'm going to believe that I have it. When I feel it, then I'm going to say that it's so. No, I must believe that I receive it when I pray. If I don't believe that I take possession of it, that it becomes mine, I have it, I have it now. If I don't believe that when I pray, then I will never get to and you will have them. The reason people don't get to and you will have them is because they don't believe they got it. Getting it when you pray produces the having it. That's the seen realm, basically. That's the feel realm. That's the see it. I can point it to you. I can say, look at it. Here it is. People want to put that first. I want to put the seeing part first. I want to put the feeling part first. Then I'll believe I have it. That's the opposite of what Jesus said to do. You see how this is important? That, that if we pray, we can twist this rule right here. Twist this prayer guideline and totally undermine prayer's effectiveness. But I can get this. Man, this is easy. Whatever things. This is, see, what's the will of God when I pray? This. Here's the will of God. That when I pray, I believe that I take that I receive, that I take possession of, that I have it. Well, show it to me. May not be able to yet, but this is between me and God. I believe when I pray, he hears me, and he says, yes, you can't believe you receive if you think God's saying no, by the way. So I believe I take it, I possess it. I have it now, then this is the words of Jesus. This is our guarantee. He said, uh-oh, and you're going to have it. But you're not going to have it unless you have it. You have to have it first before you can ever have it. You have to believe you have it. You have to believe you've taken possession of it. See, when you do that, how does it affect your life? I mean, no, you're not asking someone else to pray for you after that. You wouldn't dare because you already got it. Once you pray, if you believe you got it, you're not doing anything else to try to make it happen. You're not telling anyone else, well, I have this need. Because you no longer have the need. Amen. Everybody okay? I think this is one of the easiest, yet, I don't know, we, it escapes our, our thoughts sometimes. But it's very clear. That Jesus gave us this instruction when we pray. See, when we pray, we pray based on, off of the revelation of God and His will. And this is it. The more revelation you have of redemption, of what Jesus has already provided for you, you'll find you'll be going through life and more times than not, you'll find you don't even have to ask. It's just, oh, thank you, Lord, that's done. Thank you, Lord, you took care of that. Thank you, Lord. I got parking grace and, and, and new clothes grace. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, Lord, and promotion grace and investment grace. And, uh, and it's just like God's everywhere trying to help us. Amen. Because that's reality. Let's live with that consciousness. Amen. Father, today I pray for these. Thank you for your holy presence. Thank you for your mighty power. 
thank you for your outstretched arm. There is nothing too difficult for you. We look to you. We draw upon your power, your ability, and your love for us. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you for helping us and opening our eyes to see the amazing, vast power that you have, that you are. Lord, as we reach out today, I thank you. There's always a response from heaven instantly when we call upon your name. And so we do. And there you are. Oh, Shebe Seke. We give you praise, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We give you all the glory. Someone have, having problems in their digestive system right now, lay your hands on yourself if that's you. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe you don't understand this. But if you lay your hands on yourself right there, on your stomach or some, somewhere around there, right now when you do, God's power will flow right into you and it will correct that problem. In Jesus' name, be healed. Thank you, Father. Thank you that it's done. Whew. Thank you. Thank you that it's so. Thank you for healing and setting those individuals free. All that problem, all that situation goes away. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all the glory, all the honor. Listen, friends, when you call upon the name of the Lord, He answers you. He is looking to show you great and mighty things that you do not know. The potential of your life is far beyond what you could even imagine. Thank you, Father, for showing us great and mighty things. I thank you for stirring up life in individuals today. Oh, there is a spark and there is a desire. There is a stirring by the Spirit of God in these days in these last days, and there is a, a spark of fire and revival on the inside of individuals that will be manifest in these days. And thank you, Lord. People will even ask, where did these people come from? What is happening over there? And it is the life of God. It is the fire of the Spirit. It is. It is the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. And many who are bent in darkness will see this light. Many will come running to the light. Many will come to know the Lord. Thank you, Father. You're helping us. You're helping us. And we're working together with you as you work in us today. We give you all the glory, all the honor.